Our first scripture reading for the day comes from Hebrews chapter 5, verses 5 through 10. So also Christ did not glorify himself in becoming a high priest, but was appointed by the one who said to him, You are my son, today I have begotten you. As he says also in another place, You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to the one who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And having been made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. Having been designated by God a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. We continue in the Gospel of John chapter 12 verses 20 through 33. Now among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honor. Now my soul is troubled. And what should I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it is for this reason that I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd standing there heard it. And said that it was thunder. Others said an angel had spoken to him. Jesus answered, This voice has come for your sake, not mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate the kind of death he was to die. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. As we are nearing the end of our Lenten series, we come to something that is possibly one of the hardest things for us to do. And it's to glorify God. Now we may think that, of course we can glorify God, of course we do, it's something we do all the time. But the question is, is do we do it often enough? Do we do it every time that God deserves glory? And how often do we seek that glory for ourselves? Something interesting happens. When we talk about handing things over to God, putting things in God's care, we will look at all of the woes that we have, all of the problems we run into. And we will say, well, I'm going to take all these things that I'm worried about and all these problems I have and I'm going to to give them to God. I'm just going to hand it over to Jesus and I'm going to let him help me with these things. I'm going to put it in his hands. And we let go of them. And we put our worries onto God because we know he can handle it. And we know that he's worthy of helping us. But how often do we let the opposite hold true? How often do we take our successes, our triumphs, and hand them over to God? 
And say, I'm not worthy to say that this is mine, Lord. I'm giving it to you because I know that the glory for this is yours. Or do we seek that affirmation from our fellow man? Do we seek that prideful reinforcement that this is something that we have done? That this is something that we built with our own two hands? This is an accomplishment that rests on my shoulders alone? We live in a society that values people who are independent. People who go above and beyond, who climb the corporate ladder, who amass wealth on a large scale. The race to see who can make it to the top of that ladder. The race to see who can build the tallest building. Who can grow the greatest pile of wealth. Who can have the most cars, the most things. Who can take something that was almost nothing and turn it into an empire. And we celebrate them. We celebrate the accomplishments that they have made. And woe to the one who says that they didn't do it on their own. Who says that you did not do all of those things by yourself. Because we value so much that independence of saying that we did it. But how much do we do? How much do we truly get to take credit for? I can reflect on my own life and how I came to be standing where I am today. And I cannot say that this is an accomplishment by my own right. I cannot say that I came here of my own volition. No, I can't say that I argued with God over whether... He knew what he was doing. Turns out he did. But I was scared. I was scared because I didn't think I could do it. And so I hesitated. Now the thing is, is that we often think about that hesitation and that being afraid and we go, oh, you have every right to be. You don't want to have to get up in front of all those people and have to preach to them. It's something anybody might be afraid of. But the thing is, is that I have no reason to be afraid. And the reason I have no reason to be afraid is because if I'm going to put my trust in the Lord that He can do all things, if I glorify God, surely He can make this happen if He wants it to happen. I have to let my fears go to rest because I have to give in to God's plan. Even if I don't think I'm ready, if God says I'm ready, then I'd better be ready. And so here I am. Not of my own free will, but because God led me here. And I still follow wherever God is going to send me, wherever God leads me. Glory be to the Father who takes me wherever I need to go. And praise the Lord that you are here today to listen to worship, to celebrate together, to speak to God's truth, to speak to the power that God has had in your lives. Glory be to God. But how often do we say those words? Now sometimes we give passing thanks to God. We talk about something great that has happened. We talk about how wonderful it is. And maybe in passing we go, and thanks be to God. 
But Jesus gives us a different example to go by. Jesus is worried. Jesus is troubled. Why is his soul troubled? Because this isn't the fate he wants. Understandably, he doesn't want to go die on a cross. He doesn't want to suffer. I can't imagine anybody saying, no, I want to go suffer. But he says, what should I do? Say, Father, save me? He says, no. It is for this reason that I have come to this hour. And he asks God to glorify his name. Christ doesn't ask for glory for himself. He asks God to shine glory upon himself. Jesus doesn't want to have a spotlight put on him to say, oh, look at me and all the wonderful things I'm doing. He says, I'm doing this because God. It's what I'm called to do, whether I want to do it or not. I know there's something greater. thing is, he makes a very, very solid point when he talks about what happens to a seed. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. We see this often with those who have done all they can to glorify God and to do God's work. That if their life is cut short, if we end their story with their death, we're not getting the whole story. We're not getting the whole picture. If we end the story with Christ's death, we do not get the whole picture. If we end it with the death of those who have fought for God's truth, for God's love, for God's justice, we cut their mission short. Because it lives on after their death and it inspires others that if they were willing to die for this cause, then it must be worth something. If they were able to put enough faith in God that they were willing to die for His Word, then His Word must mean something. If Christ was willing to die on a cross for us, then we must be worth something in God's eyes. Because we are in this together. When we set our sights on earthly goals and earthly ambitions, we get earthly rewards. We are in a race to see who can make it to the top, who can have the most. But the thing is is that when we set our sights on what is good and what is right and what is holy, there is no race. There is no race because Christ has already won for us. We simply join in his team. We simply join in his efforts and his works to help those in need, to love in the face of hate, to care in the face of uncaring, to be kind in the face of prejudice, to stand up to evil, no matter the cost. Because that is our mission. That is what God has asked of us. And if we say, I can't, we are not saying, 
I can't. We are saying God can't. Because if we put our whole faith in God, if we put our whole faith in that we are in this team together, that Christ will see us through, that God will give us the strength for whatever it is He sets us to, then we can't say, I cannot. Because if we say that, we're saying God cannot. And I know God can't. I cannot love fully with just the love I keep in my own heart. I cannot forgive fully with the forgiveness that comes from my two lips. I cannot have enough mercy to show mercy to all who deserve it when I rely on my own strength. But I know I don't have to. I know I don't have to because Christ is with me. And if I act with Him, I don't act merely as a servant. But when I take on the role of a servant, Christ lifts me up to be a brother. Christ lifts me up to be an heir in the kingdom. That when I bring myself low, He will lift me up. That when I bring myself low with my brothers and sisters in Christ, that He will lift us all up. That He will give us the heart that we need to be able to love those who hate us. That He will give me the strength I need to show mercy to all those who deserve God's mercy. He will give me more than I could ever use to do His will, to share His word, to speak of His truth. I can because God is able. And thank God for that gift. We can because God is able. We can because Christ died on a cross for us that we may find perfect freedom, not just for a moment, not just for a time, but for eternity. That we are given freedom from fear and freedom from death. That nothing holds sway over us but the grace of God. Nothing holds sway over us but the mercy God has shown us and the love that flows forth from Him. There is nothing, nothing greater than that power. There is nothing greater than our God. We can face anything, even death itself, because Christ has already died for us, that we may have eternal life. That we may glorify God in everything because God has made all things possible for us. We may do all things through God. We have to remember to give glory to the one who makes these things possible. It's not us. It's not you. It's not me. And I'm so thankful for that. Because I'm given more than I could ever want. More than I could ever use. More than I will ever need. That I will have life and I will have it in abundance. That I serve 
a Lord whose steadfast love endures not just for a day, not just for a time, but forever. And that I can thank the Lord that I'm here with you today to celebrate His Word, to celebrate all that He has done for us, and to let my heart grow with yours, that we may love more perfectly through Christ, that we may forgive more perfectly through Christ, and that we may give all glory to God, because through God, anything, anything is possible. Amen.